Hello, and welcome to the Songs of Loss and Healing podcast with me, Douglas McGregor. This is a podcast about exploring the connections between music, death, loss, and healing through conversations with musicians, artists, practitioners, and academics. We want to ask, what role does music play at times of loss? How do artists relate to these themes, and how can music help us cope with loss? Today I speak to the Scottish folk legend, Alistair Roberts. Alistair is perhaps the foremost folk craftsman of his generation. He has a prolific output, writing his own material, collaborating widely and across genres, and reinterpreting the songs of old. Alistair is also a fountain of knowledge on Scottish and British folk music, someone who researches into depth the history and roots of his tradition. I love Alistair's music, and as a guitar player I'm a secret admirer of his finger-picking style. Alistair seems to have this ability to create songs that have this timeless quality that could have been written yesterday or a hundred years ago. I met up with Ali at his home in Glasgow. I wanted to ask him how are the themes of loss, death and healing dealt with in the folk tradition. We also recorded two songs. You're now listening to the second one we recorded, Farther Along. It's an American spiritual and he's singing it here with Bird Ellen in his kitchen. It's a deeply moving song that suggests in the unfolding of time that we might be able to understand our losses, which are at first maybe incomprehensible to us. I started by asking Ali why he chose to play this song. That's a song which I sang at my father's funeral in 2001 and that I often associate with um, grieving. I guess that marked a very specific point in time, but then what about through time? Does it it change meaning through through time? Well, it doesn't really change meaning, but it becomes less personal because, uh, you know, it's a song that I, you know, when when I've had friends who've experienced the loss of a loved one, I'll I'll often um, sing this song for them or, you know, record this, record a version of this song for them. And saying, you know, there's been a few friends that I've sent it to or sung it for, mm. sung it in, in performance or just, you know, made a private recording for mm. people of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I only, I only really ever sang one verse and one chorus, but I'm going to. I sang it a few times with uh, Debbie, and we did two ver, two verses. So. I wanted to ask Alistair about the old traditional folk songs and about how this music approached the themes of death, loss and grief. Well, I mean, I often think of and have been in the past drawn to certain ballads, narrative songs which uh, kind of touch on these themes. You know, so I think of a song like, which is maybe somehow related to my song, Akeen, a song like um, The Wife of Usher's Well, I don't know if you know the story of that one. It's about a woman who has three children hmm. and she sends them away to to school in the North Country and they die and then one night, one dark winter's night near Christmas, she sees the spirits of her children returning and she she asks them to join her at the table and have some bread and wine and they say that they, they can't they can't return, they can't share in the bread and wine, and they have to go and reside with their saviour. And that every tear that she sheds for them wets their winding sheets. So it's like, you know, her grief is disturbing their rest in the afterlife. Hmm. 
And there's you know there's there's this ballad like the the wife of Bush as well, which I just which I just summarised. And then there's this, this whole class of um, sort of night visiting songs or mm. revenant ballads where you know the ghost of the departed lover returns and you know they, they spend some time with with his living lover until you know it's revealed that it's actually a ghost and when usually there's a cock crows in the morning and the uh, the spirit of the of the departed is is called back to the to the other world hmm. you know songs like that which kind of I think for me after you know after my father died I became particularly interested in these types of narrative song with a with a particularly tragic uh, element hmm. you know like the songs I've described for you or like the cruel mother um you know these big old ballads with, with these heavy heavy themes hmm. yeah yeah what do you think draws you to them well, I mean, maybe maybe it's less and maybe I'm less and less drawn to them as as you know that for me that was a very um, major loss. Of, you know, the loss of my father, and so the further the further away in time I find myself moving from from that loss. The less I'm attracted, you know, the less the the more the attraction wanes mm. or it changes somehow. Maybe it just or the, you know the whole experience of grief kind of changes subtly. Mm. Um, it's, it's still there, but it's it cha- you know it changes. Yeah, it either deepens or becomes shallower, or I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's somehow the texture of it kind of alters. I think I missed a trickle to my interview technique. In fact, that's probably why you're hearing me doing these voiceovers. But I really wish I'd asked Ali what messages he thinks these folk songs contain for us in the modern world. But unfortunately, you're just left with my conjectures. In the folk tradition, there always seems to be a time and a place for mourning and crying. But this theme reoccurs that somehow our tears disturb the dead in their graves. Is this somehow a call for us to not necessarily forget the dead and move on but at least to process our grief and come to terms with it the idea of the ghost of a lost loved one returning seems to me to be deeply reflective of a deeply human desire to maintain an ongoing connection with a lost loved one maybe the ghosts are a reflection of a psychological reality that can no longer be found in the physical world yet the message is clear when the cock crows that these loved ones are no longer a part of our physical external world Instead, I asked Ali if listening to these ballads somehow helped him cope with grief and loss. Yeah, well, maybe not not, not so much actually listening to them, but actually singing them. You know? Yeah. You know, so I would, yeah, find it almost cathartic thing to sing certain songs. Hmm. Uh, yeah, kind of almost like a meditative thing. Like often, you know, because I'm a songwriter and often in concerts I sing mostly my own songs. But then often when I'm at home just singing in the kitchen I'll, I'll sing the old old songs and ballads which mm. are kind of like a bedrock for me or something like an emotional bedrock and it's almost like a meditative thing to sit in the kitchen and sing say The Wife of Us as well mm. just for just you know 
ruminating on the on the story and the themes and hmm. and it's also just interesting how that might change over time as as one develops and well hopefully develops and matures as as a person you know? yeah and one's under one's understanding of uh life and uh you know one's you know one's understanding of life and death and existence perhaps deepens yeah do you think music helps you deepen that understanding um yeah i think so it's difficult maybe difficult to put your finger on exactly how mm. but i mean i couldn't imagine it not it not existing and it not featuring that these at mm. those kind of moments for me one of the most striking folk songs about death is a song called death and the lady and came across a version by norma waterson on youtube the song is a conversation between a lady and death who she encounters on the road and who has come to take her so often in folk music, instead of encountering the first person, the I, we hear these songs that involve these characters. I asked Ali about the song and these characters. Yeah, I like that song. I mean, I really like Shirley Collins, Shirley and Dolly Collins version mm. as well, if you've heard that version. Uh, yeah, it's like a sort of medieval tableau or something. Yeah. It's like, I, I know that Shirley likened it to the Bergman's seventh seal, you know, the, the, the uh, death on the beach. and uh, But, uh, yeah, kind of, for like, uh, those kind of songs, it's almost like these stock characters, you know, in ballads, they're like, almost like faceless kind of stock characters, which gives them a sort of universality hmm. or something approaching universality. Uh makes it easier for the listener to access or you know res- can res- mean that it can resonate more strongly than something more specific you know hmm. almost like an archetypal quality yeah to the songs a song like two brothers or uh, my son david or you know this kind of or lord lord randall lord ronald hmm. all of the ballads which i've sung in the past and yeah perhaps i'm less less attracted to now because I feel like I've sort of explored them been there and done that you know so, yeah. but they're still like part of my musical psyche and mm. I, you know. I whispered a grace at the head of the table he crooned on a bird at the door of his lover I lilted a reel on their day of betrothal they build and they could all this summer together. They build and they could all a long summer through. This is a song called Akeen. You can hear it with the full band on Alistair Roberts' new album, Fiery Margin. But here we recorded a stripped back version with just Ali and his piano at home. I asked Ali about the song. Yeah, the first piece is called Akeen and it's a song that I wrote that's going to be on this new album that's coming out in September and uh, I'm playing it on piano uh, and I was trying to write a song from the point of view of a parent who's lost a child prematurely 
I suppose it was uh, partly born out of experiences of individuals uh, with whom I was personally acquainted. But it was also, I was just imagining, um, I suppose it's just a general interest of mine, uh, kind of ritual use of music or the way that music marks uh, specific points in time, you know, in, in the cycle of a life. Uh, and, you know, so it's, the, the the song kind of culminates with um, the the singer um, keening at the funeral, but throughout this course of the song, it kind of charts the the development of the the life from birth to death, and the way that the way that music is featured in in the life in a kind of ritualized way throughout throughout that life. Mm. You know, could you could you say a little bit more about how you think about music and ritual, and how music is ritual for you? Well, I mean, just that it seems to mark out. You know, it's used to 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 mark out all kinds of aspects of life. You know, tra- maybe transitional phases of life, or mm. you know, whether that's you know, whether that's even the transition from waking to sleep with a lullaby. You know, mm. something like that, or the transition from life to death, death with a lament, or you know, mm. a funerary song, or a keen or a dirge, or you know. Um, the, yeah, all, all kinds of sort of liminal moments, hmm. uh, you know, are marked by a sort of ritualized invocation of music. Yeah, I suppose I was I've been kind of preoccupied with this the the, the idea of this these um this kind of Celtic idea of the three noble strains of of music, you know, and this idea that a complete musical culture needs to have all three of these kind of strains mm. represented, you know, so there's there's music for lulling or for relaxation, then mm. there's music for like dancing and celebration, and then mm. there's music for lamenting, you know. Yeah. So, you know, for me, you know, maybe if I was making an, a record, an album, I would hope that all, all of these aspects of a musical culture could be somehow represented. Yeah. You know. Is that something you're trying to do on the new album? Uh, not consciously. Uh, maybe on the maybe on the next one. I mean, I, I always kind of like to have um, some balance throughout a piece of work, a collection of songs. You know, it might be this kind of balance. You know, of these three type three. You know, three kind of flavors of music, hmm. uh, or you know, it might just be a balance of like making sure that there's a mix of tempos and keys and mm. you know stru- structures and time signatures mm. uh, yeah so there's always like a striving for balance I think yeah I then asked Ali if music had helped him cope or process grief I might expect musicians to wax lyrical on the benefits of music but that's not the answer I got yeah probably but I mean I'm such a music nerd and obsessive that you know it always features in my life probably every day so, yeah you know in that sense it was no different than any, any other day or any other moment but mm. yeah you find comfort in certain songs at certain times because of a sort of feeling of grief you know mm. whether that's fresh fresh grief or remembered you know from olden times I asked him about negative experiences of music as well 
about five days ago I had a bike accident and I, I bust my lip open and I had to get some stitches and then today I went to the doctor to have the stitches removed mm-hmm. and I was sitting in the waiting room and they were playing this like really awful kind of like pop music well I mean I found it I found it objectionable and you know it's not that I'm against pop music I do like good pop music but this was like you know really, these are really, really terrible songs yeah and I was just thinking about how if I'd you know times in my life where I've you know I've, I've been feeling low and something and, and heard awful music and it's just intensified the, the awful feeling yeah you know? and just it's like unbearably painful to to just hear awful insincere music somehow hmm. but it can also be painful to hear very beautiful and true music hmm. at, at difficult times and the last question I always like to ask is about strange or inexplicable experiences to do with grief and music. Well, maybe about 12 years ago, I was doing a music project up in Perthshire, which involved visiting a lot of older folks in their homes and in places of care and singing and you know collecting songs and stories and reminiscences. Mm. And I met this woman in a care home whose name was Annie Jenkins, and she'd been a clairvoyant. Mm. And we were singing together one afternoon, and I think we were singing, you know, just a group of people singing in this, in the living room of this care home, and singing like an old song at the barnyards of Delgaty or something. And after the song, she said, "There was a there was a man here just now. He uh, was he was very pleased with you. Do you know who I'm talking about?" And you know, I said, "No, you can read into that something." But she she sensed some kind of unearthly presence in the room you know mm. and she, you know she seemed kind of convincing to me she didn't have any reason to to make that kind of thing up but it's also you know it's a thing that I felt like even like you know I mentioned singing at my father's funeral I feel like in some inexplicable way my my singing I wouldn't say I'm a great singer but it kind of improved like almost overnight yeah. You know, and yeah, I found like a, like a new strength in it, or something. Singing at that at the funeral. Yeah, I felt a new a new power had entered into it that wasn't my own power. And lastly, why do humans so often turn to music at times of grief? It's like religion in a way. It's like if it didn't exist, we would have to invent it. Like it just seems like something that will eventually have to exist in a given culture you know you know hmm. yeah whether yeah. you like it or not there you go and thanks so much to Ali for talking to us this has been the Songs of Loss and Healing podcast please do visit the website where you can find the full versions of the two songs that Ali recorded today plus lots of other interesting resources about music healing and grief and please do subscribe or whatever you have to do to hear the next one we look forward to having you back we understand